This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. It's Sunday. The sun is out. It is warm. I don't got work. I'm just getting to talk to my friends right now on the Liebcast. What a day it is. I love, love, love 80-degree weather, Lauren. It is glorious out here. And the gossip mill is just killing it. As I tell you all the time, I get all my information from Facebook. And today has been so much fun, this whole week, actually. Um, I got a little bored for a while after that whole insurrection in the Capitol thing wound down. Well, it was good because everyone had problems. You were telling me, Lauren, you have no more friends that you follow on Facebook. But <laughs> I think I may have unfollowed 90% of the people. I'm sorry if I'm not liking your posts. You may have offended me at one point and I may have unfollowed you. I think that's a mischaracterization when you say they may have offended you. It's not even just offended. You have a broad category before unfollowing happens. Like It's not just offended. It's negative energy. Oh, yeah. I only want Facebook to be a positive experience for me. So when you say offended, though, it seems like they said something that hurt your feelings or yeah. something. You just – if it's very easy to have Lauren just cancel you. Talk about cancel culture. <laughs> like on Facebook, well, you get Lauren canceled immediately. First, I do snooze the person. They say that you're allowed to snooze them for 30 days. But if they come back and they are annoying me, they get unfollowed. The, the Mordechai, 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 the Chazaka. Do you, do you Facebook snooze? I do very often, actually. I just like using Facebook to look at people's kids. Yes. To Puppies. It, yes. It sounds weird when you start off with, I look at people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like snoozing Morty right now. To live through other people's vacations. Oh, I like that. Ooh. I do yeah. like that. I do yes. like that. So I don't know if you heard us talking about it all week, Morty. But I, I join a lot of community groups. It's one of my big hobbies. Like I'm in mom's groups. Mom's groups are much better than community groups. How do you get into mom's groups? I just do it. I don't know. I, I apply and sometimes they just let me in. I don't think – you know how they ask you questions when you're getting into a group? and I don't think anyone reads them. I just I, – I really don't believe that's what happens. Like I've written nonsense responses on these applications. I think they're looking, are you going to try to sell something and then they want, don't want you in there? Anyway, I don't comment. I just want to put that out on most of these groups. It's just better than a Lifetime original movie. Like, I just, there's drama, 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 drama. So I like community boards. I like mom's groups. I think they're very, very entertaining. Like, whenever I get stressed about my life, my work, my experiences, I'm like, these people are fighting over whether the school should paint the front bricks blue or purple. Like, it's just nonsense. And they're so animated. So a great one happened this week, Morty, with our former our former building. So we used to own a building. Well, we didn't. My father owned it. My uncle actually owned it with him. And then my grandfather owned it before him. The pharmacist. The pharmacist, my grandfather. And in Santa Riches, we actually had our law firm there. My father and my uncle had a little back office when my grandfather was having a pharmacy there. That's how they started their law office. And he had failing health, so they had to come back. And they were lawyers, but they had to come back and help with the pharmacy. 
So anyway, we were there for a long, long time in Santa Maria is at this building, a white building, just to give you an idea how long we were there. There was a garbage incinerator in the back. And when I say garbage incinerator, you're probably getting the wrong idea of what I'm saying. Uh, there was a fireplace in the back that my grandfather used to burn his garbage in before they had garbage pickup. Like, just to give you an idea how long... Probably the old medical products, too, that he probably had to get rid of. It's funny you say that, because I found bums living in this garbage thing. Oh, God. And I, no, you say, oh, God, like, oh, there's bums in there. But I said, oh, God, like, I hope they don't get a third eye from the amount of drugs my grandfather burnt in that thing. <laughs> because he had post that was his thing. Like, and I know this, and I'll tell you how I know this. If you went in our basement at this building, and you because that's where we kept our files, on the ledge were like these potions in these brown old bottles, these jugs. And I didn't know how to get rid of them for years when my father was in charge. And when we became partners, I called up and had medical waste removal take it away. But these things were like elixirs and potions. And anyway. I want to paint the picture of what Santa Mariches is. Imagine small town USA, country, quaint, beautiful, farms, gorgeous. So Santa Mariches is right before the Hamptons. They actually call it the gateway to the Hamptons, but it is not the Hamptons. Just to be clear, it's it's gorgeous, it's picturesque, but it's got a very big blue-collar vibe going on, and it's got... Great fishing, wonderful bays, except if you're like me, a boater, I break propellers every year because it's so shallow. It goes from like seven feet to two feet to one foot in like one little area. Anyway, so it's a gorgeous small town. And just to give you what you're talking about, Lauren, they have a historic uh, board, a historic board. So like if you want to do anything, you need to go before the town. It's in the town of Brookhaven. You have to go before the historic board in the town. Like To give you an idea, we put up a Liebat Law sign when we were there. We're now located in Smithtown. We moved to a bigger space because we needed a training center, more offices because our lawyers were growing. Whole nother story for a whole nother day. But we wanted to put up a sign when I was partners with my father that said Liebat Law. And I said to myself, we're in a historic district. And you got to go before the historic committee before you get a permit to do things. So I had a guy who I found in town that did hand-carved wood signs. And I had a hand-carved wood sign commissioned to hang like a shingle off the building. And I went before the historic committee. And they said, we don't like your design. And I said, you're not the design committee. You're the historic committee. And by the way, it was a beautiful designed wood piece. It, it was, was our logo. The like, logo is a shingle. I mean, look up the Liebcast. That's how it, it's now that. But we have Lieb Outlaw inside the shingle. And, and it's. So we have all different brands. We have Lieb Outlaw. We have Lieb Compliance. We have the Liebcast. We have Lieb School. They all share the same design logo. It's a brand across brands. They all have this shingle. And so how much more historic could you get than a wood shingle? And. I eventually got it approved, but it was a disaster going through the historic committee because the historic committee is charged with making the community look historic. So, for example, you can't have vinyl siding 
They don't allow that in downtown Santa Marichas. They have rules about signage. They have all sorts of rules. Sounds like Jerusalem. So it's not that historic, man. <laughs> uh, court, like like to to Jerusalem, like what's with the modern Santa Marichas? No, you, ha- you, ha- you have to build with Jerusalem stone there. They don't allow anything else. But my point is to Santa Marichas, to Jerusalem, Santa Marichas is like cutting edge modern. <laughs> like because because Santa Marichas they allow stucco. Yeah, they allow stucco. <laughs> they allow wood. Jerusalem, as you said, Jerusalem stone, the, the real stuff. So anyway, I was on the community board this week because I love community boards, and I see this gal Helen. Um, she puts a question up and she writes, "Wow, this is new. Buckley's back parking lot. And by the way, it wasn't Buckley's. It was my old building. Buckley's is a bar down the block. She got it wrong. It doesn't look finished. What does it mean?" Why is it there? Do you need permission to do something like this in a building? What are everyone's thoughts? I love the makeover. I'm not sure about this. I feel like the look of our little town is really changing. To paint this picture, by the way, imagine scrolling in Facebook and you're going down and then all of a sudden you see this bright green building with lots well, of just art. To, whoa, whoa, whoa. The building, just so you know, is a two-story and attic, like three-story building that looks like a row house. It's a white um, building, and it's just a white stucco building, and then the art's on it. Yeah, so I'm used to driving through Santa Marichas and seeing this quaint, white, subtle building, and then on Facebook, I see the exact same building that we worked in for years, but having this incredible, intricate design all over the building that looks like graffiti. With all these different hands everywhere. big pineapple. Yeah, and it's not done, but so anyway, there was 140 comments on this, Morty, and back to my point of loving gossip, I just ate this up. The vast majority love the art. Some people didn't love the art, and they were going back and forth and back and forth, and there was fighting and people that believed one way and believed the other way, and I'm thinking to myself, how did they get this thing approved? Like, just getting a we shingle for me. get logo approved. Like, so anyway, here's what This we, is more historical than your sign. It might be more <laughs> historical than my sign, and most people were saying bringing art to the community is a great thing. And they were referencing that other small towns across the United States do this. Hence why we're talking about it. The Liebcast is my current event, not your current event, but a current event. And I want to talk to you about how it impacts business and real estate because this is a thing. Like I've been to many places in Florida that I've seen this before. Hunter Mountain, the downtown Hunter has different art on buildings like we're not talking about just a, a flat canvas paint. We're talking about elaborate Portraits, elaborate, I want to say, um, I don't know, what, graffiti mural. art, a mural, a mural, mural, that's the right word, that's the right word. So here's what the owners posted on the, the Facebook? Facebook discussion, okay. the new owners, and they're good people, this is not for or against the owners, I'm just telling you, what I'm giving facts, like I'm not, I'm not for or against the art, I just have to put that out there. It's not my building. Do as you may. Happy, lucky, good. I'm just trying to give you guys some information, okay? And I'm going to tell you the interesting thing. There's something interesting. And what's interesting is that there was a major court case in 2020 that went all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court didn't take it, which meant that the Second Circuit kept it on murals on buildings. So we're going to talk about that. Well, I want to see what the owner said. Okay. So here's what they said. Good morning. I guess it was morning when they said it. Right now, it's noon because that's when the Liebcast is on the show. So that's when we broadcast. If you are one of our podcast listeners, you have to always pretend it's noon. because On that's, Sunday. 
noon on Sunday, as I've told you before. It's a big, big predicament if you're one of my type of people. Because some of my type of people like to have Sunday sauce, a little gravy at 3 o'clock. But they also may want to have pancake breakfast. And you're, I don't know what to do on this. So another story for another day. But anyway, they write, good morning. For us, good afternoon. We are Rooted Hospitality Group and the occupants, owners of the second and third floors. Though our work is still a work in progress, and we're so excited to brighten up this back parking lot behind town. If you want to see more about the project and the artists, check out Instagram at Urban Ruben. And then they give you a peace sign and a heart. I'm a particular big fan of the peace sign, but the heart's there too if you're into love. So that's what they say. And I think they're trying to do something. They're saying peace and love. There's a very big hippie vibe here with this mural, this very intricate mural. So I think that is also important. There's always been like a hippie culture too in Santa Riches for some way. Like there used to be a, a hippie store called A Piece of the Village on the town so it's got that vibe of like there's farms everywhere there's farm stands have you ever everywhere. heard of long island ducks like the ducks from long island people got them all over the world this is where the duck farms were there's like none left but this is where the duck farms were historically is the mariches area if you're a new yorker and you're on the lie it's the exit before you get off of the hamptons so it's 69 the hamptons is 70 just to give you an idea on the lie it's right on the water it's historic. It's nice. And they've always had this like kind of uh, quirky vibe going on. I think that's a good way to say Sure. I mean, people definitely like some organic stuff by going to the farm stand. You'll see um, pigs and random animals sometimes, not on Main Street. Main Street isn't your normal little downtown. There's a hardware store and a candlestick maker. I'm, I'm there used to be at least. Anyway, so there was another thing that you might have heard about. And this is, I was telling you about the case and why this is so important because I'm questioning, I'm wondering. And this isn't good or bad about these rusted, rooted hospitality group. I'm not saying maybe they did it right. Maybe they did it wrong, but it brought me to this point to say there was this major case and the case was called Castillo v. G&M Realty LP. And you might have heard the five points. You ever heard of the five points site the five in Long Island City? So there was this, by the way, points is with a Z, five points site in Long Island City. And what it was was this- You're del- sure that's not a typo? No, that's what okay. that's how you do it. I'm positive. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. So I knew the building. So in Long Island City, there was this older building that needed some love, maybe a little like my old building. And then my father sold, and it was a building like that. And so the owner of the place hired this famous aerosol artist, Jonathan Cohen, to transform this old building, this warehouse, into exhibition space for artists. And that's what he did. And then the building realized, like a lot of people in Long Island City and Queens, that's where Long Island City is, one of the boroughs, that, hey, we could build condos and make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the owner said, hey, I want to knock down the building and I want to build condos. So you have to think to yourself, working it backwards. I got an older, dilapidated, maybe a building that needs a little love, a building needs a freshening up. And I don't want to put in the new windows because new windows are expensive. I don't want to put in new doors because new doors are expensive. New millworking is expensive. A new roof is expensive. But I could give a quirky vibe by getting an aerosol artist kind of like they did in Santa Riches, to make a wow design and bring some flavor into the neighborhood. 
And so that's what they did on this five-point site. And then they wanted to knock it down later because the opportunity came a knocking. Sometimes when you put a Band-Aid on something like Fresh Art or something like that, you're trying to just get by as a developer. Or that's just your mindset at that time. It's It would sound great to do that, but then the market shifts. You don't know that's about to happen. A couple of years later, whenever that is, it shifts, and all of a sudden, all these buildings are getting bought out by tons of developers. You're going to sell it for a ton of money, or you can build these high-rises, and that art, that quirky art that was important to you before is no longer important because money talks. So anyway... I'm going to tell you about the five points case and the lesson we learned from this, because although it's not as timely, the five points case was from decided February 21st, 2020. So a little over a year ago, it's still recent memory. And I wonder if anyone learned their lesson from this. Here's what happened. The owner was going to demolish the building. And then there became a fight with this guy, Jonathan Cohen, who was the artist. And he's saying, that's my art. And while they were fighting back and forth, the owner whitewashed the building. What does that mean? He painted the whole building white. So you could take away from a second, maybe he didn't knock it down. He just knocked it, painted the whole thing white. He whitewashed the art. That's, that's what happened in the five points case, which is Castillo v. G&M Realty. And wow, wow, this became something else. Why? Because the artist, Jonathan Cohen, with some other people, brings a lawsuit. And he brings a lawsuit under the Visual Artists' Rights Act of 1990. I never heard of this thing. Visual Artists' Rights Act of, well, I heard of it when I read the case originally. But, like, I wasn't sitting around being like, I wonder what's going on with the Visual Rights Act. I mean, I would just assume that if I own a building, I can do whatever I want to the building. Well, generally, when you hire someone to do art, like we have art on our website, there's what's called the work for hire doctrine. And if you do work and you sell it to someone else, as you're doing it, not like I finish a copyright, then I sell you the copyright. I would keep the copyright or I would do an assignment. Let me, Lauren's making a face of me. Uh, so if yeah. I did artwork and I did an easel painting and then I said, hey, Lauren, do you want a print of this easel painting? I can give you a license of the print and keep the copyright. A license means you can have a right to use it, but it can maintain the copyright. But, but if you commission me. If you commissioned me at the beginning, and this is just 101 copyright law. If you commissioned me at the beginning and you said, Andrew, I want you to do an oil print of me as a work for hire, and I, Lauren, the person paying for it, will own the copyright. Think about it like as a business. If you have employees doing things for you, they're doing it as part of their job. So the copyright stays with the business, not with the individual employee. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So anyway, in this situation, this Visual Artist Rights Act of 1990 says this. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? There's this law... That grants moral rights to the artists, I don't even know what moral rights are, in their work, and it prevents the modification of the artwork that's harmful to the artist. In fact, it says this, any intentional distortion, mutilation, or modification of that work is a violation of that right. And if it's achieved recognized stature, which means it has a high quality status caliber in the relevant artist community, guess what? If you are to ruin that artist's work on your building, on the side of your building, the mural on the building, the artist can sue you even if they paid you to do it in the first place. That's wild. That's so, just so wild. I mean, you just assume that if it's your building, you can do whatever you want with it. So let's just back it up. Morty owns a building. Morty says, leave the artist. Come here. 
He wants me to come because he saw what's that guy that does all the paintings on the subway? What's that guy's name? Um, you, you know what I'm talking about? The, I think so. The, he, he's all over. He pops up and he does all these paintings. And he, you heard I'm as good as he is. So you like, I want Lieb to do, I do I paint. I want Lieb to paint hands and pineapples on my building. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I come in and do it. And you pay me to do it. But if you later destroy my work, here's what the law says. On sh- I can either sue you two different ways. I can say I want my actual damages and profits or I want what's called statutory damages. And statutory damages, I could sue you between $750, which isn't so much, and $30,000 for my damages. But if you willfully, in, you, you, you did it with intent, with malice, you destroyed it, not by accident, not that you were doing the roof and it destroyed it by accident, but if you intentionally mutilated it with willfulness. I could get up to $150,000. So let's bring you back to the five points case. Per violation. Per violation. The artist on the five points case got $6.75 million. Let me say that again. Wow. 6.7, because there was 45 distinct works of art on the property. You might say to yourself, well, it's a mural. Well, the mural here, a little painting over here, mural over here. They got $6.75 million on the property. And here's what we learned from the case. The only way a building owner is allowed to, as we said, intentionally distort, mutate, mutilate, modify that work in the future, the only way is if there's a specific contract. And here's what it says in the law. It may be waived if the author expressly agrees to such waiver in a written instrument signed by the author. Must be signed by the owner of the building and the author. It must specify... That the installation of the work may be subject may subject the work to destruction, distortion, mutilation, or other modification by reason of its removal. If you don't have that and you destroy the work, there's only one other exception. Here's the other exception. If the work is capable of removable, it, meaning I don't know how you would take it off a stucco building, but if, there, if it's capable of being removed, maybe you had a big poster on the building, maybe you had a billboard on the building. If you could do it, you made a diligent, good faith attempt without success to notify the author of the owner's intended action, that you're going to remove it, and the person that you notified, the artist, failed to do anything after the notice for 90 days. So absent it being both removable and the notice, and them failing to do it for 90 days, and by the way, the only way I see that is a billboard, if you don't have this express language I'm talking to you, Rooted Hospitality Group. I don't know if you got this. Maybe you did. Maybe you're brilliant. I don't know. But if you didn't well, do it. Well, they didn't hire Leave Law. Well, I'm not asking them to. I'm just saying to you that if you own a building, this is what the takeaway is. And you want to have artwork. I'm not talking about just painting it white or blue or green. You want to have, because remember, it has to have recognized stature. It has to be like an artwork. It has to have high quality, status, caliber with respect to a relevant community artist. If you want to hire someone to do a mural in your building, listen up. You don't need to hire Leave It Law. You should because there's other things you're going to want on the contract. But assuming you just go on the the online legal Zoom and you make a form, you're going to want to make sure that it says that this document is signed by the owning builder and the building signed by the owner of the building and the author meaning the artist and has to specify that the installation of the work may subject the work to destruction distortion 
mutilation, or other modification by reason of its m- removal. Think about that and think about how thankful you are for the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate who is underwriting this segment and told us to tell you about optimizing your buildings. This is the Leapcast. Stay with us. Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 